down in twos. <laughs> nah, we do. Baby, read. Just that specific offer of somebody offering you the vet minimum with everything you've accomplished in your For career. sure. Where you're just like, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my oh, career. Oh, yeah, it pissed me off. It pissed me off, and I, I I try to make it evident, especially when I play certain teams. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Ball Street Journal Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our off-season review of teams. We're going to talk about the team that's probably changed what trades and transactions in the NBA are going to look like for the next five years, and that's the Minnesota Timberwolves. They were active right starting the trade deadline, but to recap their season, they finished with a record of 46-36, and 36, which was 7th best in the Western Conference. That meant they had to play in the play-in game, and they were matched up against the 8th seed, which happened to be the LA Clippers. They ended up winning that game 109-104 to 104 in what if was if this game was viewed in a uh, silo would have looked like the championship game i mean the game had high intensity and at the end of the game you had anthony edwards jumping up onto the scorer's table you know quite reminiscent of one of the nba greats kobe bryant uh but it wasn't you know they had a whole playoffs to play after that and you know what i'm not too upset with the timberwolves celebrating like that they're a franchise that's had uh, not a lot of playoff success since Kevin Garnett left. Uh, you know, between 2005 and now, they'd only made one playoff run, and that was a Jimmy Butler year where they lost 4-1 to the Rockets. And so, whatever, let them enjoy, and they played hard, and uh, they won that game out. Granted, you know, a lot of people are going to say that they beat a Clippers team that didn't have their best player, which is Kawhi Leonard, so... Uh, I don't know if there was too much to celebrate there, but in the first round, they played the Memphis Grizzlies, and when Game 1 came out, I'll be totally honest with you, I did not expect the series to be competitive. I thought uh, Memphis was going to roll on Minnesota, and I was shocked. Game 1, Minnesota had a decisive victory, 130-117, to and I was like, uh-oh. You know, Memphis hasn't been there before. Minnesota hasn't been there before. Are we just seeing which team has the playoff chops? And then ultimately, as the series played on, you got to see that all the games were really competitive. But Memphis just had a little bit more than Minnesota did. And Memphis ended up winning the series 4-2. to But, you know, I think that was a really good season for, for Minnesota. The season was important for a couple of reasons. You know, one was the growth of Anthony Edwards and kind of the keys being turned over to him as compared to Carl Anthony Towns. But that it also showed that the team needed more and that this iteration of the team was not going to be enough to get it done. And so it's ju- end of July and we get the big blockbuster trade. The Minnesota Timberwolves come out and they trade for Rudy Gobert. They give up Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, Larnardo, Balmero, um, the rights to Walker Kessler, who was their tw- the 22nd overall pick in this draft. They also give up the 2023 unprotected, 2025 unprotected, 2027 unprotected, the 2029 top five protected, and swap rights in 2026. That was a huge, huge, huge amount of money that the team gave up or 
a lot of assets that the team gave up. I, I apologize. Um, but it showed that the team is all in. And I want to take a step back and just think about, you know, where this team is, why it's looking different than maybe it has for the last 20 years. So in 2021, we found out that, uh, that the Glenn Taylor was selling the team and there was going to be new leadership within the team. It was going to be a group led by Mark Lore and Alex Rodriguez, and the team was bought for $1.5 billion. So there's new owners coming in. The ownership transition was a little bit weird compared to most other uh, you know, transactions. Usually uh, when an owner buys a team, it becomes their team. They make all the decision. But there was like a two-year period here where Glenn Taylor was still going to be the decision maker. And starting 2023 was when, you know, the new ownership was going to start becoming the prime decision maker. But this offseason really shows me that this is the time, you know, Alex Rodriguez and Mark Lore wanted to start making an impression. And, and I think that this trade was probably part of their doing. They wanted to get things rolling for them when they take over the team completely in 2023. The other thing that we get to learn is that as soon as they start taking over the team, they were willing to spend money. They signed Tim Connolly, who was a uh, who was the former president of the Denver Nuggets, to a five-year, forty million dollar contract. And you know, uh, if you follow the Denver Nuggets over the last five years, you know Tim Connolly has done a great job putting together a team there. And so, coming into this offseason, there were a lot of things that both. Tim Connolly and the ownership probably wanted to do so that this can this team can have success right away and making this deal for Rudy Gobert was that I have a couple of strong feelings about the trade now you know uh, the biggest one is that I think it really changed the benchmark of what are trades for superstars Rudy Gobert is of course a immense talent he's um was the corner pillar stone for one of the best defenses in the NBA. You know, Sands maybe last year. He's been a three-time All-NBA team member, um, six-time All-Defensive First Team, and three-time Defensive Player of the Year, which is, you know, tied for the second most in NBA history. So he's no joke on the defensive end. The other big takeaway from this is, you know, how are Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert going to work out? And so as soon as this trade was made, I was like, okay, what's going to be the situation with Cat now? You know, there was no rumblings of them really making any decisions or trading Cat. But just a day later, on July 7th, they extended Carl Anthony Towns four years, $224 million designated designated veteran player extension which included a player option the final season and there you go they kind of have their core set in for the next couple of years here with you know Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns and now Rudy Gobert. I have a lot of questions about this team. You know, uh in a NBA that's progressively moving towards, you know, smaller, more let's say versatile players, this team isn't really that we know Carl Anthony Towns doesn't like playing the center position, so having Rudy Gobert there makes a lot of sense. 
But when it comes to playoff time, how is this team going to match up versus any of the smaller teams in the Western Conference? And, you know, I'm comparing them to someone like the Golden State Warriors who just won the finals. Like, how are they going to be able to match up with Carl Anthony Towns trying to get guard the four and Rudy Gobert trying to get guard the five when the four and the five could be really small guys like, yeah, I don't know, Draymond Green and, you know, even for stretches, sometimes Clay plays the four or or Wiggins plays the floor four. How are they really going to make this work out from a defensive uh, positioning perspective? Those were my two big, big questions and my two big thoughts on that transaction. The summer progresses and they continue to make more moves. They got Kyle Anderson for a two-year, $18 million deal. Wendell Moore Jr. for a four-year, almost $12 million deal, uh, uh, rookie deal. Bryn Forbes for a one-year deal. Austin Rivers for a one-year deal. Josh Minot for a four-year deal with a team option in the fourth year. Nathan Knight, AJ Lawson, Luca Garza, PJ Dozier. So they they made a lot of transactions. Their their team is going to be good. I mean, they're going to be a team to watch, particularly in the regular season. You have guys like Carl Anthony Towns now locked in for a long, long, long contract. He's the first overall pick in the 2015 draft. One rookie of the year. Has been an all-star for three seasons. So he was deserving of the money. And now he's gotten it. This team is not frugal. It's really going to be us seeing how can they perform. I really like Anthony Edwards. You know, it's uh, he's got the fire to guard the best defender on the team. He's got all the offensive tools that you can want. I think what I want to see from him next season is to become a better distributor of the ball. When he gets that, I think he's going to be an offensive and defensive stalwart. And he's kind of the antithesis to what Carl Anthony Towns is. You know, Cat is an immensely talented player, but he's not a true vocal leader. At least that's not how it seems like from the outside. We saw a little bit of fire in, from Cat in the playoffs, particularly when they were playing Memphis, when he was like, oh, like now, now we're in Minnesota, you know. Um, but... He hasn't been that leader that they've wanted since they drafted him in 2015. And I think Anthony Edwards really fills that void. On the other end of it, you know, he has a lot of defensive issues. um, And I think Rudy Gobert is going to be able to help with that. The team, the team under, you know, D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert should be a really good regular season team. I think I expect them to finish in the top six in the Western Conference, you know, which would be a successful season for them. It would be a year that they didn't have to go into the play-in tournament and they go straight to the playoffs and maybe would be able to secure home court for the first round. The playoffs, I think, will be a big test for them and really is going to be where this trade for Rudy Gobert is going to be best assessed. If they find that in the playoffs, they have to bench either Cat or Gobert for extended periods of time because it's a matchup nightmare with the team that they're facing, 
I think this is going to be a disaster. They've given up this year's first round draft pick, three unprotected, one top five protected draft pick, and swap for plus a couple of other players for Rudy Gobert. So if they can't progress further than the first round, which is where they got to this year, this is going to be a awful, awful, awful trade. But if they win now and they can get past the first round, the second round, maybe get to the conference finals or the NBA finals, and this is going to be a huge success for this team. It's going to be perfect timing as a new regime takes over next year. And it's going to show that not all small franchises are not willing to spend. I look forward to watching this team. I think they have a lot of exciting players, particularly Anthony Edwards. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to him for his performance on Hustle as Kermit. I mean, man, this guy's got so much charisma on the court and off the court that his acting skills made me hate him in the movie. So I look forward to uh, the Timberwolves. I think ultimately, if I had to say how far they'd get into the playoffs, I really don't see them getting past the first round. And I end up looking back at this trade and feeling like it was a failure. But I don't blame them for taking a swing at the fences. And um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Um, that's really all I got today. We'll see you all next time. I want to give a shout out to our producer, Sandeep. And to let all the listeners know to help us out and follow us on Instagram at bsjpod and on Twitter as well at bsjpod. You can also find all our episodes uploaded onto our website at www.bsjpod.com. Thank you.